You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. So it's Memorial Day weekend, right? Uh, And so I'm thinking about the stories that we tell about America and how it shapes our perception. All right? Memorial Day, patriotic. Uh, Josie was out putting flags on on uh, veterans' graves, you know. Remember, th- this is this is this is what we're doing. Um, but do you remember this story that we tell? The Pursuit of Happiness, 2006. Will Smith and Jaden Smith, totally adorable. Okay, who saw this movie? All right, those that didn't see it, I'm gonna spoil it. Okay, but it's based on true. It's based on true life. Um, Chris Gardner wrote a book about his struggles as a single parent, trying to make a better life for himself and his son, and he called it the Pursuit of Happiness, and he spelled happiness wrong. So that you would remember it, you know, uh, you know, and that that line is a, is of course a, a nod to the preamble uh, or not the preamble of the Constitution. We always mix those up. It's the De- Declaration of Independence that says these inalienable rights given by the Creator, which include life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unfortunately, the founders had a very narrow view of who a human being was. <laughs> And uh, what happiness was, they were thinking mostly about the pursuit of wealth. And I think Chris Gardner was too. Um, but this story is, is a great little myth of a dominant narrative about what it means to be an American and who can make it. So uh, David's going to give us a little, a little piece of this story. This is what we say about America. This is what we say about Americans. And Will Smith is the most American. Remember when he saved the whole world from aliens? Several times, you know, so he's, a, he's one of our saints uh, in, in the American religion. Ha! I'm going pro! Look how cute he is. He's so small. Oh, he's big now, Jaden. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. You know, uh, he'll probably be about as good as I was. That's kind of the way it works, you know, and I, I, I was below average. You know, so, whoa. So you'll probably ultimately rank somewhere around there, you know, so... Really, you'll excel at a lot of things, just not this. I don't want you out here shooting this ball around all day and night, all right? All right. Okay? All right, go ahead. Let somebody tell you you can't do something. Not even me. All right? All right. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you you can't do it. You want something, go get it. Period. You want something? Go get it. Period. That's America. It's inspiring, right? I think it is. I don't want to totally downplay this. Because what Chris Chris Gardner did, this is based on a real life, this is based on his autobiography. He started out 
as a semi-homeless and all, all the way homeless person taking care of his young son and ended up, you know, the, the, the pinnacle of his career was like selling a piece of his brokerage firm for like millions of dollars, you know, totally rags to riches story. We love that story, right? We love that story. And it, it, it the, all that ambition, um, all of that dreaming, you know, I've seen a, I've seen like that in like stained glass, on the internet. If you want something, go get it. Period. That's a story that we're told in the United States. This, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, um, and 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 we're going to universalize this singular story. Chris Gardner did something phenomenal, extraordinary. You know, totally unique. He's he's an incredible man, and now you better be that incredible too. You better have as much uh, determination. And, and transformational power in your gut that he had. That's what, be, that's what it means to be uh, an American. And, and maybe even more than American. This probably is true everywhere, this kind of sense of, it might, this might be even just human, is that we want to have that kind of say about what happens in our life. We want our desires to result in uh, action and beautiful things, the things that we want. But I think that, that this, this dominant narrative kind of oppresses us uh, because we do believe, even if we don't believe it, we kind of feel it. And so now we have, to, we have to get it right. We need to make the right decision and say inspiring things to our children who will also be movie stars. You know? That, that, all of that ambition without any help is the story. Do it yourself. Entrepreneurs like Chris Gardner probably really like this parable that I want to get into that, that, that plays around in this same space. It's in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents, the investment banker's parable, you know? Uh, sometimes it's called the parable of the three servants, or I like this one, uh, the parable of the bags of gold. Uh, it's about investments, and, and it often gets looked at in this kind of traditional way. For y'all, for y'all that, I'm going to tell the story, but then I'm going to read the story to you too real quick. But the idea is, um, these guys get money and they're supposed to do something with it and some of them do stuff and others don't and the moral of the story is do stuff with what God gave you get it right be Chris Gardner you know if you only got you know night class and whatever else it took you know do what it takes and you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps do the good stuff that God gave you you know it's this kind of moralistic thing and I've kind of been railing against this moralistic reading of the parables, particularly in all of my sermons recently. I think that Jesus is actually describing more than prescribing. He's not telling us what to do. He's telling us how the world is if the, we're, if, if the kingdom of God is, 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 is alive and, and, and fruiting. You know? He's, it's a, all of them start. Let, what shall I compare the kingdom of heaven to? What's the kingdom of heaven like? It's like this. He's describing an environment. He's not saying, this is how you should act, okay? Christians have got stuck on this is how you should act. And that's kind of the, that's the overarching theme of what I want to say today. That's important. And Chris Gardner is awesome. But it's not what Jesus is talking about, really. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven. What's it like? So let's, um, let's take a look at, at this story, and, and I'll, I'll help think about it that way. So different story than, than Will Smith. Again, 
What will the kingdom of heaven be like? It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags. And to another, one bag, each according to his ability. Now we got to pause on the bags of gold. Uh, that, that, that's the part that often gets translated as um, tenant, uh, talents, which is like a unit of measure. And according to biblical historians, uh, a talent is 6,000 denarii. And one denarii is one day's wages. I just got to, I, I want to get into these numbers for a second. So let's say you work uh, 50 weeks a year. That's a nice job where you get two weeks of vacation, you know, and you get off on Memorial Day, you know. And uh, you, let's say you, ju- you just work five days a week. So there's 250 working days in a week, in, in a year, you know. And so you earn 250 denarii in a year. And so that's going to take 24 years to, uh, to earn this much money if you're just a normal working person. So like a middle-class person who makes $35,000 a year, uh, to, if they work for 24 years, we're talking about $840,000. That's one bag of gold is $840,000. Who thinks $840,000 sounds like a bag of gold amount of money, Right? I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any like one percenters in here that I'm unaware of that think like that like they blow their nose with eight hundred forty thousand dollars, you know. But think about this: the dude who got five bags, we're talking about more than four million dollars. That's five bags of gold, y'all. So it's a lot of money. It's a ridiculous amount of money. So what's the kingdom of heaven like? The kingdom of heaven is like a place where a master goes away and he entrusts you to your ability, and some of your ability is to the tune of four point two million dollars. That's your ability. That's the estimation that the master has of some of your ability. So continuing with the story, then he went on his journey. And the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work, and he gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. He's the dope of the story. He didn't, he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and we'll find out why. After a long time, the master of those servants returned. I like this. It's after a long time. Here's $4 million. I'm out. Maybe I'll come back. Maybe I won't. Uh, we'll see. He, he came back to settle accounts with him, and the man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. Yeah, you know, just $4.2 million. Uh, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That line is key. Now, now it's all yours. Now, now we're gonna, now we're gonna really do something. You know, we're gonna, $4.2 million is a few things, but in the kingdom of heaven, in this master's place, we're gonna do big stuff now together and we're gonna share in, in, in our happiness. So, and Jesus is telling stories, so it's repetitive. I love that, you know? This is like an oral tradition. He, he probably told this story a bunch of times. Like, this is, a sh- this is one of Jesus' shticks, you know? This is, this is that, oh, here comes that bit about the tenants. Remember that, the bag of gold story? So the man who had received one, uh, two bags of gold said, Master, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Come on in. Come on in. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came 
and said, Master, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked and lazy servant! So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned I would have received it back with interest. I might at least do that. So, take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, I didn't switch to the, sorry, you didn't get to read along with that part. So who is this master? What is this kingdom of heaven like? We've already established that it's, it's, a, it's a kingdom in which there's a master that has impossible generosity. Crazy estimation of his servants' abilities. You know, what would you do if someone said, Here, here's $840,000, do something with it? Would you be scared? Would you not know what to do? Might you bury it in the ground? Just kind of out of instinct of freaking out? Like, no, I'm not touching that amount of money. No way. I know, I'd be, I would definitely be scared that I would lose it. Um, just because it's $840,000 and I value it that much. Not necessarily because of who this master is. But that's the, that's the, the part that I want to hone in on here. One bag of gold guy says... I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. Why does he think that? Just taking it as a story, at this point in the narrative, is there any reason for him to believe that this master is a hard man? I don't think so. I think it, it just, I mean, we don't know anything about this and it's just a story. You know, this, these aren't real people. But... Maybe he had demonstrated in some other story that he was a jerk and he did harvest where he didn't sow and he was a hard man. But in this story, he's an incredibly generous, kind of foolishly loving person. Here, take all this money and do something with it. I'm equipping you to make a whole life. Here's $840,000. That's who this man is. And yet the one bag of gold man takes his fear, his own fear, which is totally understandable, and he just throws it right on the master. And he says, you're exactly how, you, how I think you are. You are what makes me scared. You're going to get me. I'm justifying this, my, my actions here. And don't we do that all the time with everyone that we relate to, especially people in authority? You know, who someone is is very much how we're hurt how we've lacked, what we're afraid of. Um, you know, this man's fear of failure with the $840,000 uh, just becomes this master, who indeed is incredibly generous. And, and, and I guess he shows that he, he's, you know, he does have an edge to him because he, he casts the, the, the wicked and lazy servant out. But, but be, that, be that master for a second, too. You know, someone comes at you and says, you're this way. I'm going to 
you did exactly what my dad did. You know, you did exactly what the person who, who didn't love me did. You triggered something in me, and now you're responsible for my feelings. This is how you are. I'm characterizing you thus. Might you respond with, what the hell with you? <laughs> That's not who I am. That's not who, are you serious? I'm, you are wicked. No, that's not who I am. Don't talk to me like that. Come on. I can, I can understand the master's anger too. And so when we're in relationship with each other, which we are right here in this circle, and we are in circle of hope by design all the time, we're going to do that to each other. That's the nature of human relationship. We project on each other. Just take it as a fact. Take it as that's how you work. And it'll, it'll, be, it'll go so well for you. Like, I am going to treat you, person that I love, poorly because I have been poorly loved. Fact. Not fault. Fact. Not sin. Reality. This is where we live. That my pain gets put out there. And I can become aware of it and put it in check. But forgiveness is the only way we're ever going to relate to each other. <laughs> we're definitely going to hurt each other. We're definitely going to do that to each other. We're definitely going to say, you are a hard woman. You are a hard man. I'm going to guard myself from you. I'm not going to uh, be my best self. I'm not going to use the gifts and talents I have, I have been given because I know you're bad. When in fact we don't. We don't know they're bad. And they're not as bad as we think they are, almost universally. So one bag of gold guy is a wicked and lazy because he lets his fear and scarcity dictate his actions. He believes something about the master that is not true, and it totally paralyzes him. He, he doesn't even do the most basic thing, like, well, at least take it to the bank, you know? Don't just hide it under the mattress. How often do we get stuck in that fear? How often do we let all of that stuff that I was describing about how we are dictate what we're going to do. But remember, this story is about a place that Jesus is describing. The kingdom of heaven, what's it like? It's, it's a place where this master is ready to give us infinitely more than we could ever imagine. And that's the defining reality. And we can either hold, our, hold it back and separate ourselves from that person who gives us all this great stuff, or we can go for it and, and, and see what happens. We can let God define the reality in which we live. We're changing affiliations. We're, 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 we're pledging allegiance to a different kingdom. And, and the rules that govern this place, even the rules that govern this heart, we're changing them. God is defining our reality in the kingdom of heaven. God is even defining how our hearts might work because God is, is moving among us and transforming us, casting out our fear like we were, we were praying. So if we stay connected to God and we let the master define our reality, we first get to see him for who he really is and see ourselves in relationship to God for what we've been given. We don't make it all on our own. God gives us what we have. That's the reality. We are, we are receivers. We don't have to make it all. 
It's not all by our bootstraps. As, as beautiful as Chris Gardner's story is in, the, in the, that movie, we don't have to do it all by ourselves. But God also helps us to see it. God is, God is healing us to see those, all those scripts and projections, all of those disappointments, all of those ways that we are so dismayed that we are. We're honest. We take a good look at ourselves and we see, oh, that's the way I am. God is helping us not. God is healing us. God is giving us a community in which we can practice doing something different. We can practice forgiveness. We can practice um, confessing. Oh, I just did that thing. I just made you into a hard man. And I didn't mean to, but I did it, and I'm sorry. God is helping us uh, to see this incredible abundance that the kingdom of heaven is like. And then he empowers us to use it. God empowers us to use what we've been given we see it, and then we can step out and do something with it. With our $4.2 million, we can make another $4.2 million. I mean, have you ever played the, like, if I won the lottery game, what would you buy? You know, it's all about buying, <laughs> you know? It's just going to spend it until it's gone. And I think that if we, like, invest it or something, it'll be okay, you know? But, like, what if you had $4.2 million, like, and, and like God gave it to you, what would you do with it? You know, like what, what would you, what would you make? We want to have that kind of, and I don't know, you probably shouldn't play the lottery because it's just a tax on the poor, but, um, but we, we are the kind of people who want to make something, right? At least that's the kind of people that, that, that we say we want to be. We want to dream beyond our limitations, dream beyond our perceptions. We want to think about how we could be more than we are. And that's really hard. It's really, really hard. And so we need the Holy Spirit to be defining the place that we live. We need to have Jesus among us, healing us to do something different. And so I have a practical expression of, the, some, of one different thing that we do and we're about to do together in Circle of Hope, which is mapping. David, could you put up the, the, the slide there or the, the website for circleofhope.net slash discernment? Each year we listen to God to say, hey, hey God, who are we? What do we have? We want you to define this reality. We want you to make us who we are. And so we ask God all together in ourselves, what do you want to do? How, how, much, how many bags of gold do we get this year? You know, we, want to, we, we take this moment to, to, to set the vision for where God is leading us. And it's a total act of trust. It's the Holy Spirit inspiring us. We, we get in the cells. Um, and so it starts, David, move, move it up uh, to that next slide. Oh, you've got to... Switch it over. Maybe try it in Chrome, because I want them to see it. Um, it's, it's starting this week, where we're at, either at this meeting, your cell's meeting this week or next week. Your cell leader is going to lead you in a conversation about what God is calling us to do. Basically, we're going to look at our, our mission and our vision and say, how does God want us to achieve this this year? What, do, what, what is God leading us to do together? And we're going to write it all down. 
and we're going to put it together and kind of, I learned a new term, we're going to uh, qualitatively code it. That's a, that's a term. Qualitative coding. Kind of look, look for how it's chunking together and look for the, the places that it's, um, it's lining up. Okay, David got it in there. So keep going. Those are the mission and vision. That, okay, so gathering and collation is what comes after those two weeks of talking about it in our cells and elsewhere. And we're going to write it down and we're going we're gonna, to, so it's this long process of listening. Then on June 17th, which is uh, the second Monday or third Monday in June, um, I think it's the third, the leadership team is going to gather and everyone is invited to talk about what has formed up. We're going to present, the pastors are going to present it to you um, and uh, say, this is, this is what we see chunking up. This is what God is saying to us all as a body. And then we're going to take that information and go to the next stage, which is the pastors are going to write uh, a plan with the leadership team uh, over the course of two days. You know, like all day things. With, and, and people, you can come uh, if, if you have off during the day and, and join us. Uh, we're going to, and we're, so we're asking God to pray for us during that time that we listen and, and see where God is leading us. We're going to write it down and have a draft map. Um, keep going, David. That's the, that's the mapping with the pastors. And then one more down, David. Public draft will be published. Um, and you'll get a chance to uh, look at it. Uh, we'll have it at the Sunday meeting on June 24th. Uh, for you to say, oh, well, and to keep praying, is this, is this what we hear God saying? And then we'll have a, uh, a long time, two more weeks, to consider what's God doing. You know, is this, is this it? And it, so that, that draft will be tweaked, and, and we'll, we'll keep praying. And by July 13th, starts now, ends July 13th, we're going to have a council meeting where hopefully we'll be ready to approve this map. Um, if you if you wanted to check out what we did last year on the on the table back there by the tech booth, there's actually a poster of what we decided to do last year, uh, so you can get an idea of what we mean by a map. But it's basically goals. It's basically like uh, goals and objectives that we think uh, are going to get us where we need to go and what what the Holy Spirit is telling us. And it's this big exercise in trust. It's the, it's kind of like what we're doing right now. We're practicing. So even if, even if you had no um, investment in Circle of Hope, practicing to listen to what the, the Holy Spirit is saying, you know, like, I think it, it probably takes care, but, but you know, uh, the idea, what's the Holy Spirit saying here? I'm listening, and I could actually have something to say about that. What's God giving us? How can I see it? And then what, what, what am I willing to do about it? It's that same thing. God gives us what we have, God helps us to see what we have, and God helps us to then use it. So, we started with Chris Gardner and that great American story of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, and that is not enough. At least it doesn't feel like enough for me, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't feel like enough for, for many of you in this room. And so Jesus is describing another reality, the kingdom of heaven, where the starting point is a crazy big estimation of your capacity. Bigger than you think. God thinks you can do more than you think you can. And God is leading us uh, and, and, and showing us what we have so that we can do something more. 
And if we trust God for who God is and not for who we think God is, we will be better suited to, to take the risk and to trust because it is that personal. It does matter how we're relating to God and who we think God is. And God is not a hard man. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.